Okay, so what have you been watching? I honestly got have watched nothing since we recorded last. I go to work, and then I come home, and we eat dinner, and then I'm back out the door, and then I come home and go to bed. So I haven't watched anything, but my plan today is yesterday the last episode of The Boys came out, so I'm going to watch that today. And then once my middle one gets home from bowling, and if little one can stay occupied, then we will begin Bly Manor, which is the continuation of Hill House, we're very excited about. I am so excited about that. Well, we have been watching Cobra Kai, me and Tweed. Yay! (laughs) We finished episode three last night, so it's not like we're going through them super fast, even though they're only like 20 minutes long. But we've also been watching the Oak Island thing just to see if anything's ever going to happen. Status update, no treasure yet, but <laughs> they did find some wood, which they were super excited about. So I... They found I wood? Yay. Oh. Yeah, they, they found a piece of wood and they were really, really excited about it. Maybe I should pay closer attention because I didn't really get it. But, oh, what else have we watched... We have been trying to keep it spooky around here. So we watched The Addams Family. We watched The Addams Family. Um, Addams Family Values. We watched The Witches. Mm, that's good. Goosebumps 2. And then for some reason we threw Captain America in there. I'm not sure why. I have to admit my embarrassing watch. I've been watching before going to bed. When I was in high school, I caught this like on a free movie channel one weekend and I became obsessed. It's from 1978. It is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, but it's the whole movie is Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees. And they perform, there's not one lick of dialogue pretty much. Well, there's a narration by George Burns because it's classy as fuck. And they act out the entire Sgt. Pepper's album and Abbey Road. And it became my fascination with the Beatles when I was a junior in high school. And it's just so terrible. I love it. <laughs> it's so wow. bad. It is. It, But it's got like... It's got Frank Zappa. I thought I knew you. I know. It's got Frank Zappa in it. It's got, like, all these, like, famous 70s rock stars in it that's just crazy, but it's so ridiculous. And it's so good. Well, it's not good. It's terrible. But (laughs) if you're into that kind of thing, check it out. It's probably really good if you're high. I don't know. I've never been high, but I I can imagine that it's probably amazing if you're high. Okay, well, on that note, let's jump right into Ratchet Episode 5. Shit, I didn't look at what this is called. The Dance. The Dance. Well, that's Kind of like perfection. Garth Brooks. It's the Garth Brooks science song. It, it is. That's all, They not. just play that for the 58 minutes. This is a long episode. It was so. a long episode. I kept going, when's it going to be done? Not like I wanted it to be done. Just like, damn, I'm sick of taking notes. So when's yeah. it going to be done? <laughs> Yeah, when it was halfway through, I was like, oh my god, there's another half of this. I mean, it was a great episode, but it was just a, a lot, and a lot happened, so let's get into this. Sure. The scene opens on a car pulling into a parking lot. It's dark. The road is wet. It's very ominous. And we see it's Hanover driving, and he is inhaling something, so he's getting high on something. And then he walks into this kind of weird-looking bar, and we see Mildred sitting in a booth. I guess they're going to have dinner together. Mm -hmm. And she's obviously invited him. And she says, I thought we could continue our conversation on Tullison or rather end it. I recognize the pressure you're under to deem him fit for trial. I simply will not allow you to do that. And Hanover is kind of over Mildred's shit. He is just over it. He's like, I'll make my own judgment and won't be swayed by you or Governor Grabby Hands. Because that's his new name, (laughs) I've decided. (laughs) She says, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm just trying to protect you because if it ever got out that there were deaths at the hospital, he's like, are you, are you blackmailing me? And I was like, oh, yeah, is she not doing it right? (laughs) I said, duh. (laughs) And she's like, well, I know where the bodies are buried or rather incinerated. Oof. Yeah, she got you there, Hanover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but there's not anything left. Back in those days, they couldn't go through it for bone fragments and crap. No, no so. way. Mm-mm. She's like, you're responsible for two mur- murders thus far, Wainwright and Mr. Salvatore. And I have in parentheses, oh, now I see her game with Salvatore. Mm-hmm. Got it. 
And he's like, well, I had nothing to do with that. And she's like, funny how I remember it differently. You sliced his throat with your own hands. Maybe I watched you do it. And I can testify to that in court. And he's just like, <gasps> she's like, I think it'd be a good idea to appoint me head nurse. You can inform the staff after you inform nurse bucket. He calls her a scheming bitch. And she's like, yeah, I thought you might get upset and wish to strike me, doctor. And I was like, oh, this is why we're meeting in public. Got it. Mm-hmm. She's so smart. I, she's so damn smart. She leans in and says, search yourself and you will realize it will be wise to do what I ask. And then walks out like a mother freaking boss because Bad she's Mildred bitch. Ratchet. Yup. So at Lucia now, Nurse Bucket has brought Hanover an eclair. And he's like, what the fuck is this shit? And she's trying to explain, I don't know, the history of the eclair. And he balls up his fist, slams it down on the plate saying, I am sick of the gifts, Bucket, and I am sick of you. And I was like, Damn, so mean. Really not necessary. And poor Bucket, and I'm going to say poor Bucket a lot in this yeah, episode. Yeah, there's a lot I of poor never Bucket. I, yeah. Never thought I would say those words. But she is stunned. And she's like, oh, I know what this is about. It's about the lesbians. I'm like, no, Bucket. <laughs> it's not, it's not, everything's about the lesbians. I laughed. Uh, <laughs> I laughed. He says, I want your resignation as head nurse. And she's like, uh, no. And he says, if you don't, I will fire you from this hospital altogether. And I will give you a lukewarm, quote unquote, recommendation. And she's like, well, I mean, who is going to take my place around here? Who could do my job? And he says, Mildred Ratchet. And she's like, that bitch. Yeah. She's just flabbergasted she's like what what has happened so as she walks out of his office she wipes a tear from her cheek and the lighting in the room or in the scene turns red which we all know is very very ominous yep no it's not good it's not good so then we have the creepy credits because you know this was obviously all their cold open i don't know what they were doing here (laughs) so we are back at the hospital and mildred is addressing the staff as the new head nurse and bucket is sitting in the back giving her all the nasty attitude that she can she's not saying anything but she's like yeah i'm not here for your shit if looks could kill yeah this scene cuts back and forth a bit so it's cutting from mildred addressing the staff to mildred talking to eddie She's like, I saved you from Hanover. Now I need to save you from the governor. And so she goes back and she's talking to her staff. And she's like, in the spirit of new beginnings, I'm going to arrange for a dance to be thrown. And she's over, kind of overlapping this. And she's telling the same plan to Eddie. But the plans have a little bit of a difference. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so the staff and the patients can enjoy time together in a social setting. And Eddie's like, yeah, Hanover's not going to go for that. She's like, he will because he's my bitch now. So yeah, <laughs> it's going to happen. So she's like, it's going to be a spring fling right in the common room with staff and patient, music, dancing, and punch. And you see Dolly's face light up like, ooh, dancing with patients. Dancing, pretty dressy. And Eddie. And Eddie. And so Mildred says to Eddie, during the dance, you have to convince all of them that you're insane. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, so everyone sees it. Dun, dun, Mm. dun. I don't think that should be hard. I just said as she dismissed everybody, she pushed that head nurse key ring up onto her arm. And she was like, I am in charge now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we're in the break room. You know, this is where Mildred and Betsy just kind of have to have their shit together all the time. So Betsy Bucket is sitting at a table and Mildred very deliberately sets a peach down in front of her. And Betsy's like, well, this morning seeing you yammer onto the staff was one bucket of bile to swallow, but I need this place to work. So I decided to be professional. I will not undermine you or make your job harder than it already is. And Mildred's like, what? What? This was not what I thought you were going to say. She's like, well, I'm speechless. It's good that you were so persistent with Hanover. I know he has feelings for you. And Betsy's like, wait, what? Hanover has feelings for me. What are you talking about? Mildred, oh, yeah, he's totally into you. He told me under the bleachers. That's what it felt like when she was (laughs) going on. He called me. That's you. That's it. She's like, behind that cold academic exterior lies a soft heart, and your steady stream of gifts has pierced it. So him demoting you from head nurse, you're not seen as a a position of authority, and he can approach you, and and like, you could like date and get together now. So ask him to the dance. He could never say no. And Bucket's like, what? I don't know. And Mildred tells her, well, now that you've been demoted, you're a woman again in his eyes. You should think about it. You would make the perfect couple. And I was like, Mildred, bitch, please. Mm. You're being rude. You're just being Bucket is 
glowing though. She, she is, is like, eating this she, shit. No, up. she cannot stop smiling. <laughs> she's giddy. Yeah. So now we quickly cut to Mildred is in Hanover's office and she's telling him that Bucket is going to ask him to the dance and he will say yes. And he's like, I can't stand that woman. She, this is out of the question. She's like, you will do it and you will like it. Trust me. I am only looking out for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mildred only looks out for Mildred. Yes. Okay, I have no idea where we are now, but there are people walking all over and there's a guy sitting on a bench playing the violin. And all of a sudden there is a fabulous woman screaming, you're shit. And uh, let me interject here to say that this woman is played by Sophie Okanito. And I love her. Um, she's done a lot of things. Her first well-known role was in Hotel Rwanda, and she played Don Cheadle's wife. And she was and, nominated for an Oscar for that. Yes. She's also been in a bunch of other movies. I listed uh, Secret Life of Bees, After Earth, Christopher Robin, some things that I thought would ring some bells. But she's been in a bunch of stuff. She's fan freaking tastic. Anyway, she's screaming at this kid about his bow hold. She says he's doing it wrong or something. And I'm like, I don't know, lady. He sounds good to me. But there's a girl standing off to the side and she's yelling at this lady to leave him alone. And she says, much like our recent meme, you need to watch who you are talking to because I am a graduate of the New York Conservatory of Music went to the Royal Conservatory of Music, Juilliard School of Music, and I have amazing taste in hats. Also, yes. Just yes. by the way. And violin guy, he just he just gets up and keeps playing, and she's like, oh, and also, by the way, I was first-year violin of the London Symphony Orchestra. I played for Louis II of Monaco, and he would think you're awful. <laughs> Beethoven would fuck you in the face. I was like, whoa, too far, lady. <laughs> too, too far. Reel it in, reel and, it in. <laughs> Um, so he takes his violin and he goes to play in another sandbox because she's just being really mean. And she's screaming at him still as he walks down the steps. And she says, I am Undine Duquette. So all of a sudden we are in Hanover's office now. And Undine Duquette is there, but that's not really who she is. Her name is Charlotte Wells. She tells him she's having trouble with her memory. Two weeks ago, she was on a train to New York City, but she doesn't remember how she got off. A few years ago, she was hospitalized with melancholia, and she had tried to take her life. She thinks that the drugs that they gave her during that hospital stay have affected her memory. Dr. Hanover disagrees. He says that the drugs they gave her may have actually made her depression worse, but they probably didn't cause her memory issues they gave her methamphetamines to to combat the depression and she didn't sleep for yeah days yeah he says do you remember you told a police officer your name was undine duquette who is that she has no idea she has not seen her she's just heard her voice and hanover wants to know if she speaks to her or other people and she's just sobbing and then all of a sudden she slips into a totally different personality she's now talking in a very baby-like voice about her mommy she said her name is baby taffy hanover asks where is mommy so i'm gonna call her charlotte Mm -hmm. uh she She points to an empty chair. She says she's right over there. And as she walks towards the chair, Hanover goes to kind of pull her arm and turn her back around. She slaps it away, turns and screams, get your motherfucking hands off of me. He's here. And Hanover's like, uh, who? And she says, Hitler. And then she just goes on this tirade about how he didn't die in the bunker and she's going to kick his ass. And Hanover's looking at her like... He's amazed. He's like, I'm seeing multiple personalities right right in front of my eyes. She's still ranting about the Nazi piece of shit. She takes her jacket off. She's pacing around the room. And Hanover tries to interrupt her to tell her that he can help her. She grabs a chair and lifts it over her head, throws it on the floor. And one of the legs breaks off and she's holding it. And she's screaming at Adolf Hitler to come and finish this thing. Wow. There was a, a lot going on in that scene. It is. I was confused at first because she's screaming about how she humiliated Hitler, this Nazi piece of garbage. She came into his stadium and won four gold medals. I thought that she somehow was thinking she was Jesse Owens because Jesse Owens was the Olympic medalist that won in Germany during Nazi Germany and Hitler had like a heart attack about it. So I assume that's what it was. But later 
Hanover refers to one of her personalities as Apollo. So I don't know what, but I had in my notes until then that she was Jesse Owens because I just assumed that's who she was trying to be. But now we cut to Charlotte is being sedated on a bed. Hanover is sedating her. At this point, she's actually on Dean, who's saying she needs to be on a train to New York because she's first chair in the New York Symphony Orchestra. And Hanover, Hanover is oddly a good doctor right now. He's like, he is, he's very calm. He's telling her, you'll be given a steady dose of sleep treatment for the next six days. Your nervous system is exhausted and you need to rest. You just see her body collapse and she's Charlotte again and she's crying and she's like, she's so confused. And he says, you're suffering from multiple personality disorder. And she's like, no, the last doctor told me that I have melancholia. And she's like, no, you've been misdiagnosed. A trauma in your past caused your psyche to split. I can help you. Trust me, you're safe now. Mildred and Bucket are just looking at each other like, what the fuck is happening? Like, Mm -hmm. who is this woman? Why is she freaking out? And who is this doctor being a doctor? Right. And so Hanover walks out the door and in the hallway, Mildred follows him and Hanover is done with her shit. He turns around and yells at her to stay the fuck away from him. And is she going to tell him how to treat Miss Wells too? And Mildred's like, no, I just don't understand. He's like, multiple personality disorders are hard to diagnose. They present as mania, dementia, melancholy, schizophrenia, among many other things. He's like, just leave me alone so I can treat her. She's an extraordinary case, which means that proper treatment is imperative. Mildred's like, I I agree. I'm 100% with you. She's like, this is something you could show the governor. If you could rehabilitate someone like Miss Wells, he'll forget all about Tullison. Show him the Dr. Hanover I just saw, the kind, decisive person I just saw in that room, and he will give you all the money you will need. And I was like, oh, okay, well, what's your game here, Mildred, other than directing attention away from Eddie? I don't, what's your game? Yeah, and I don't really think the governor is just going to up and forget about I don't either. I don't either. (laughs) When the people are calling for his head, basically. So now we're at the Oyster Bar, and we see Gwendolyn and Mildred are back, and they're giggling, and they're joking around because they're back at this bar. Gwendolyn says, the governor wants the Tullison matter concluded by the end of the month. And Mildred's like, of course. We both want that monster to get what he deserves. And Gwendolyn says, you know, big elephant in the room. She's like, so Mildred, why did you ask me here? And I was like, are you into girls now or not? Because I need to know. (laughs) And Mildred's like, I'm going to say one thing and I want you to never bring it up again. I have feelings for you. And I was like, that's kind of a lot of say, never bring it up again. Yeah. I like you, but I le- let's not talk about it ever again. Yeah. She's like, I have feelings for you, although I don't understand them. So I need to do this my own way. And I was like, okay, I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. You want to come out in your own way or do this your own way. I get that. Okay. And Gwendolyn's like, I get it. It took me quite a while. I was in love with a girl who went off to war. She was a nurse, but she didn't live. And Mildred grabs Gwendolyn's hand. I was like, this is so scandalous. Like... I don't... In public. I know. And Mildred's like, isn't it funny that I'm also a nurse? And I was like, um, not really. Maybe she's got a thing for nurses, Millie. You don't know. Calm down. (laughs) (laughs) And Mildred tells her, well, she's head nurse now and she's planning a dance and maybe um, Gwendolyn wants to go with her as her companion. And Gwendolyn is over the moon. She's like Bucket Uh and Hanover. Like, yes, I want to go. It sounds amazing. It's a date. It's a date. All right, we are at the Hotel Motel Holiday Inn. This very fancy car pulls up, and a driver helps Lenore and her monkey out of the car. <laughs> They're wearing matching dresses. Yeah, they are fantastic. I, I am here for it. I don't know if this was done on purpose because it is Ryan Murphy, but when she got out of that car, I was like, damn, she looks so much like Jessica Lang. So much. Um, But anyway, she heads into the front office, rings the bell, and tells Louise that she would like a room. And I was like, I wonder what she marked on her card under marital status. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Hmm. Does she have a monkey option on that form? Oh, well, she had to add one. I'm sure (laughs) of it now. So she walks her to this room, and it it is the finest room in the hotel. It has two double beds two of them and she just yeah. washed the bathroom yeah so i mean what more top could you of the want? line <laughs> lenore looks around and she says i wouldn't let my monkey stay here where is the next real city she's just like forget it let's just cut to the chase mildred ratchet where is she louise sells her room 10 and off she goes she knocks on the door mildred answers and lenore says i'm off to find more suitable lodging but you'll be hearing from me shortly 
So now we are in the lobby of a gorgeous hotel where Lenore is going to be staying. And I guess this is going to kind of be an extended stay mm-hmm. because she has taken over the whole upper floor, she says. The whole top floor of the hotel, although the wallpaper hurts her feelings. <laughs> it killed me. Yeah. So she's flying in her decorator. I mean, that's that's pretty extra. Mildred asks where the monkey is and Lenore says in her suite. <laughs> she's got her own suite. I never bring her to business meetings. And I just also had to say that Sharon Stone is still stunning in this scene stunning yeah i spoiler alert we texted about this a little bit in between but you mentioned the jessica lang thing and i didn't and i was like oh my god she would be so good in this this is this was written for her this was 100 percent written for her and she's taken a step back from all the ryan murphy stuff stop it jessica come back but i gotta say i mean sharon stone has not done anything in the wild and she is killing it she this is Mm -hmm. so good so continue on sorry I just had to say that. I just had to interject that. Anyway, she says to Mildred, you look like a woman who knows her way around the world. And I also said, she also looks fabulous. Mm -hmm. She's got this gorgeous green dress. She's got this fancy black hat that's like cockeyed just perfectly. Boss, babe. Anyway, she says, Lenore says, I sent a man to do a woman's job. And Mildred's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And she knows Mildred works for Hanover. She says, yep. And I know what he did. And then we get another flashback of the reciprocating saw, which I know. I didn't even watch that part. Close my eyes. (laughs) And the bone snapping. Stop it. Stop. I will gag. I will gag right here now. (laughs) She says, yeah, my son was a wild child. I didn't know what to do with him. Then one day, I heard beautiful singing coming from the attic. As I climbed the stairs, I realized it wasn't singing. It was a cello. Someone was playing scales on a cello. She said, I didn't even know we had one. (laughs) Imagine living in a house that is so large you didn't even know you had a cello. Then I saw my son sitting there peacefully playing these scales perfectly. And she, as she's telling the story, is making the hand movements like she's playing an instrument. It's and beautiful. we also hear, yes, a cello playing in the background. And this part gave me chills. And I'm me like, too. I feel like we need a goosebump count because this show is getting me. And she said, it was the only time I ever saw my son perfectly still. And that's why Hanover must die, you know, because he can't play the cello anymore i think it's just because he can't be still anymore because he's nuts and i think that was the only time he wasn't nuts right that was his only outlet that that he had found i was like wow i did not expect that element to the story anyway mildred says she understands completely i will be happy to relieve you of this suffering didn't she say the same thing to the priest yep and i think she said it of the 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 soldier who was dying too yeah yeah yeah. she's an eight because she's an angel of mercy there you go and she's like uh just one little thing i want a million dollars i know that's a lot of money i'm like it's 1947 that is a ridiculous amount of money uh she says but i also have a family member who is helpless without me and soon i won't be able to provide for him lenore is pissed and thinks Mildred is taking advantage of her. And so they end that conversation on a very tenuous note. Well, I love it is it's because it comes back later is Lenore says you're taking advantage of me. And then she grabs Mildred's hand and pulls her to her, like very forcefully pulls her closer to her. So their faces together. And she says, no one takes advantage of me. And that gets comes back later. And I Mm -hmm. freaking love it. And I was like, Mildred's like, damn, Lenore, chill. God. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Calm your ass. <sighs> so we're back at the hospital and Bucket is sauntering up to Hanover. And she's like, would you be willing to go to the dance with me as my date? And you can see Hanover's body fill with the ick. We all know what the ick is. You know, when somebody just makes you feel gross all over, he just fills with it. And he's like, yes, I'd like that. Bucket is thrilled. So he says, what kind of corsage? And she says, well, gardenias, of course. And then she's like, I'll leave you to your work, whatever that might be. And he's sitting there with a box and this this spinning dial thing. And he's making notes. And he's like, it's hypnotherapy for Miss Wells. I've studied it, for, but never performed it. Multiple personalities are quite easy to hypnotize. He's like, uh, can I try it on you? And she's like, yes, I'd be delighted. He's like, all right, sit down. 
And she's like, this is a red letter day for Betsy Bucket. And I was like, okay, calm down. And he said, he, <laughs> I felt so bad for her. She is just so giddy in this whole thing. He even told her, just relax. <laughs> like, calm, your, <laughs> calm your tits, Betsy. And so she stare at the spinning disc and he's telling her to think only in sleep and I've got, I can't watch this thing spin because it's going to make me puke. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, I can't do that stuff. And he's like telling her as you stare at the disc, you realize you wish to go to the dance alone or not at go at all. <laughs> and I was like, damn, Hanover, at least give it a minute. I know, make sure she's... <laughs> he jumped right into that. He couldn't wait any longer. And she's like, what? Wait, what? I wouldn't miss that dance for anything. And he's like, it isn't working. (laughs) Oh, they're both so awful. And she's like, I don't feel hypnotized. Maybe it doesn't work for everyone. So, like, are you going to pick me up or should we meet here? And he's already gone. He has stormed out of the room. She's like, okay, bye. Talk to you later. She's doing her little dance. Oh, Oh, Betsy. So Edmund is playing cards in his cell. I'm like, is he playing solitaire? How on the nose? I don't know if he was, but if he was, I like it. Dolly walks in with his meal. He says, hey there, doll baby. Yeah, gross. She asks if he's heard about the dance, and she says she bought a pretty pink dress. I've never been to a dance before. Um, He says, well, dancing wasn't allowed in any of the foster homes he grew up in. I'm like, wow, um, way to bring down the room. Well, she had said she was never allowed because her mother didn't trust her. Dancing leads to sex. Well, she was was already slutty. Yeah, yeah, it is the Footloose town, apparently. Uh, She said, I read your file, what you did to those priests. And he backs away from the bars and says, you think I'm a monster? And she says, no, You said one of those men raped your mother and abandoned you, and that's what put rage inside you, and I know how that feels. And then she's like, let's just run away together through a field of hay, apparently, because there's like this montage kind of of them holding hands and running through this field with these sprawling mountains around them. And he says, I would love that. I love you, Dolly. And they kiss and the guard calls for her and she has to leave. So they are formulating a plan of their own, it seems. A parallel plan to build your spend. Do you want to keep going when he's in the shower? Oh, sure. Do I ever? <laughs> I figured you'd better than me. <laughs> so we cut to the shower room with Edmund. And actually, though, I said, why does he have to stand like that? It's so creepy. It's like this weird, like, hunch thing. It's just, I don't like it. It's it makes icky. his butt stick out, is what it's called about. Well, I mean, and he's got a nice butt because we see it for several seconds as he's standing under the shower head. But it's just weird. Like, I know it's probably for the character... Mildred walks in, she turns off water, throws a towel at him. She's like, cover up, please. I said, put that giant peen away, Eddie. (laughs) Is that tiny little towel even going to be enough? (laughs) He says, I've got a plan. I just need something small and metal and sharp. And we see this plan kind of in action, maybe in his mind or whatever. We see the scene. He says, I'll start screaming like I'm possessed. And it's not a reenactment. It's like an enactment because it hasn't already happened. It's very strange. And he's chanting some weird language while he's walking into the dance. And then he says, and then I'll cut myself. And he slits his wrist and falls on the floor. And she says... Yeah, that sounds good. And I'm like, that's a terrible plan. Like, what? Yeah. That, I, I didn't, I don't know why she's getting behind that plan. I thought he was supposed to make people think he's crazy, not suicidal. Yeah, she's walking out. He's standing behind her and he has pulled that towel up and tied it like under his boobs. Yes! It is so awkward. Yes, it's so weird. Oh. And he's, and I don't know. I was like, maybe his peen goes all the way up that high. I'm not sure. I don't, I'm, I don't know. At this point, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know. Oh, okay. Things get real shitty real fast. So we are back in Hanover's office and he's with Charlotte, who at this point right now is Apollo. And she's telling him to kiss her gold medal winning ass because she's not going to be hypnotized. And she's not going to let him Svengali her when Hitler could walk through the door any minute. So Hanover starts the hypnosis and you see Apollo fade away. Charlotte is kind of there and Hanover says... He personally thanks all the personalities, Baby Taffy, Undine, Apollo, for taking care of her. And Charlotte falls into, like, a sleep state. But Undine is back in full force because she's the one that protects Charlotte when things are bad. When things go to hell, Mm -hmm. Undine is there. And then all of a sudden you see her kind of fade away. And Hanover tells her, please thank your personalities for protecting you and keeping you safe. And he says, are you there, Charlotte? She's there. She's come back out. And he's like, you've experienced a trauma 
and develop personalities as a way to protect you from the pain. Tell me what happened. And this scene, I've got my notes. My God, Sophie is so goddamn good. I know. She's like, if I tell you, they'll make me go away again. I don't want to go away. And she's got tears rolling down her face. Oh, and she says she was traveling for a lecture and she was walking home late and was attacked by four young white men who beat her and threw her into the trunk of a car. Then they took her to an abandoned house, put her in the basement and beat her again. And Hanover asked if she was raped, and she said no. They, she thought they were going to at one point because they took her clothes, but they just locked her in a closet. And she says, I don't know how long I was there. And Hanover says, you know how long you were there. How long were you there? And she says, nine days. Every day they would pull me out, hit me, chase me, or make me eat dog food. One boy didn't want to be involved. He said to them that her wounds were getting infected from her feces. And she says, I think he told the police. Because late that night, on the ninth day, a cop came, unlocked the door, and said he'd let me go if I didn't press charges on the boys. And she said, I think he was one of the boys' fathers. He gave me clean clothes and $5 and drove me to the bus station. I was like, fucking A, man. Oh, no. He tells her, go back to sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will awaken. You and you alone. The trauma is in the past. You will never forget it. But this event no longer controls you. And he snaps his fingers and he asks her how she feels. And Charlotte is crying and she says, relieved. And Hanover's like, oh shit, I actually did it. I did it. What the fuck? And then just the quick little, they cut to him. He's dictating his notes and he starts crying. He says, I think I helped someone today. I really helped someone. I said, finally. I don't think he's ever been a doctor. I don't think, I don't, no. I don't think he has any. Is he actually a real doctor? I don't know. Like, has he had any medical training? I don't, I want to say no. I don't know. I hope we get some backstory on him other than what you've heard me from too. Lenore, so. Yeah, yeah, me too. That was a really, really emotional response for being a doctor and helping someone. That's kind of the whole shebang of being a doctor and to be that overcome by helping someone it's like "Hmm." it's weird weird so a car pulls up to a house and it's louise's car and it's bucket's house and we are gonna have a time today and i was like of course these two nutsos are friends bucket is dressed in normal clothes and it's so weird to see she looks like normal she's got pants on which is odd i mean it's so weird i yes Mm mm-hmm and she is telling Louise about the dance and Hanover. And she said it was a gift that melted his heart. And we see all the times that she has given Hanover a gift. But as she's replaying it in her head and we're seeing it on the screen, instead of being ungrateful and rude like he normally is, he loves all of them. She says, I knew he liked me, but was intimidated by me. But now that I'm not head nurse, we can totes be together. And I bet... After the dance, we will be honeymooning within a month. And Louise is like, I hate weddings. And I'm like, girl, same. But I'll come to yours. And apparently Louise used to be a flapper. So Bucket has invited her over so she can brush up on her dancing. And I mean, it's like middle of the day. They're uncorking a champagne bottle. They have got the music going. They're drinking, cutting a rug in her living room having a grand old time and i mean it looks super fun i want to come over to bucket's house and I'd, I'd come drink with them i don't even drink later they're sitting on the front porch and buckets on her porch swing still drinking i might add it's a long day of drinking and she says there are two things that make me feel happy one is hanover and the other is revenge Oof. so oh so now we're there talking about ratchet could who, who else would she be talking about in terms of revenge bucket says i wouldn't shed a tear if she dropped dead tomorrow anyway at the dance when i'm with dr hanover but wait what she says while i'm cradled in hanover's not overly large but still strong arms (laughs) it was such a burn (laughs) it really was Because he's such a little dude. <laughs> he is, but she loves him. But when I'm with Dr. Hanover in those mediocre arms, <laughs> you will go to her room and look for all the dirt you can find. And Louise is like, yes. And she's like, I'm on it because I hate that stuck up bitch. Mm-hmm. So Hanover is eating at a diner, which his meal looks disgusting. Just so we're saying. It looks like dog food. 
Okay, you and me. I was like, that looks good. I, it, well, it, it looked like... Something's wrong with me, Tiffany. Maybe. It's like that, I don't know, what What are you... Like an open face sandwich kind of thing where it's meat yes, on bread. I love that shit. That is so yes. disgusting. That makes me... Shut ugh. up. Stop putting that on bread. It's all soggy. It's gross. Ugh. Is that a southern thing? Is that like a... It might be. It might be. I don't know. I love an open face sandwich. I love biscuit with gravy all over it and just that big slab of bread that Edmund was that eating. That was like cardboard. Yes. I don't know what yes, he was eating. Yes, all of it. But he's eating and he hears from him, behind him the diner door open and Lenore's voice asking for a table for one. First, what the fuck is she doing in a diner? Because it's Lenore. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And Hanover immediately is losing his mind. He won't look in that direction because he's scared to death. He's freaking out. I was like, does she know he's here? Like, wh- why is she at a diner? And then you hear the diner door open again. And he turns around and, and looks. And she's gone, but her cigarette is burning at a table. So we cut to him. He has gone to Mildred's room and he is out of his mind. He tells her he saw Lenore. She's here. I need to stay here, please. And he starts bawling. He's like, I'm falling apart for several years. I'm abusing several different medications. <laughs> no. I need help. And Mildred's like, um, I don't remember requesting an intervention, yet here we are. She's like, stop it. If you want help, I need to think, okay? And she's like, has she gone to the police? And he's like, I don't think so. And she's like, well, there's a reason for that. She must have secrets, too, which makes her vulnerable. And I was like, Mildred knows. Mildred should be a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you go back to the hospital, tell the guards an ex-patient, a woman has threatened your life, you'll be safe there, you can sleep in your office. And I was like, Mildred is a woman with a plan always, 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 always. Mildred goes to Lenore's suite because she's obviously got to stop this nonsense with Hanover. And Lenore is in the middle of redecorating. She's walking around with swatches. Mildred's like, what were you thinking? Now he knows you're here. And Lenore's like, "Uh, I'm not crazy. I was like, yeah, you kind of are. A little bit. She's like, well, now he's holed up in the hospital, so you could never get to him. And she's like, I didn't just show up. I followed him all day. And I have a gun in my purse. I thought if I followed him, I'd eventually become so enraged, I might just blow his brains out. But I have to feed and bathe my son and clean up after him when he defecates all over himself. I'm like, you are too rich for that, sweetie. Hire Ratchet, because this is nuts. And Mildred's like, I understand. I am on your side. Lenora tells her, I cannot go to prison, and I cannot be implicated in a murder. I'll pay you $100,000, not a penny more. Take it or leave it. Mildred's like, I'll do it. I will kill him for you, and I will make sure he suffers. And then she grabs Lenore's hand and yanks her towards her just like Lenore did to her in this mm-hmm. total power move and says, if I were you, I'd go with the pink. Talking about the swatches. And Lenore looks at her and kind of laughs like, oh, game on. And then as Mildred, met her met. Mildred's walking out, she smacks the couch and she says, it goes with the couch and walks out. And I was like, boom, Mildred always has the upper hand. Always. Yes. Well, I, I have to say one part when she said, then I remembered I'm a mom and I have to do everything. I was like, felt, yep. felt that shit. Mm-hmm. So back at Lucia, Edmund is in his cell practicing his dance moves and Mildred comes by. She says, listen up. Later, they are going to come and get you. They're going to bring you upstairs. The guard's going to be armed and all the sharp objects will be put away. I have told everyone to ignore you because you're part of a social experiment. I was like, how? What the? This makes no sense. This plan is stupid. Anyway, he says, uh, how did you get Hanover to agree to that? And she says, well, he didn't, but I'm boss bitch now. So it doesn't matter what Hanover He's occupied wants. with other things. Yes. Yeah. About a million other things. <laughs> so the party is raging. Jeffrey That's right. uh, and, <laughs> and a nurse are dancing. Jeffrey from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, just to clear that up. Yes. I I don't know what his actual name is. Lon. Lon or something like that. Lon. Yes, yes. So Hanover and Miss Wells are sitting on a couch. And Harold, the guard, comes up to her and asks her to dance. And they she gets up. They go to dance. Bucket brings Dr. Hanover some punch. And evidently it's his fourth cup of punch. And she would really like to dance and stop being his waitress. She's also wearing a really pretty orange dress. She looks so cute and she just looks so happy and I just hate everything. He says, fine, he'll dance. Mildred, meanwhile, is straightening up at the punch table. She's kind of futzing around with some utensil things that are laying around. And Hannaford suddenly says, I'll be right back. And he leaves the dance floor. 
Bucket is so over it that she busts out her flask <laughs> and starts drinking. But I did notice he bought her that corsage. He did. Anyway, she goes to get another cup of punch and Mildred asks her if she's seen Dolly. Bucket says, that's your fucking problem now, head nurse. I'm just here to dance with my man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Hanover had to rush off in such a hurry because he had to go to the pharmacy and get a hit, a two, a something from a needle just to get through this night because I don't believe it. And it looks like it's going to be wild. <laughs> he comes back and he looks like shit. But he agrees to do the Charleston with Bucket because she's like, come on, let's go. I'm going to Charleston. And he must be on speed because or math or something because he is like on fast forward with this dance. He is doing big kicks and... He's an amazing dancer. Uh-huh. Everyone's watching him. And in, in his mind, the music's on fast forward. Everything's going fast, 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 fast. And everyone's watching him and because he's, like, taking up the center of attention just at the same moment that Eddie comes in. The guards unshackle him. The shackles hit the floor. And everything stops. The music stops. Everyone stops dancing to kind of look at him. But remember that they're not supposed to look at him. It's very awkward. Mm-hmm. So Briggs and Mildred were at the punch table when he walks in. Um, Mildred goes over to see to Eddie, who has been placed at a table. He's sitting down. And Gwendolyn is kind of admiring her from afar. And she turns to Bucket and says, Mildred's a great nurse, a real caregiver. At that same time, they cut to Mildred, who's telling Eddie that there's a razor blade under a pile of serviettes, which is like the napkins with silverware in it. Bucket's like, oh, yeah, she's a peach. But I'm just... Yeah, and then she's like, why are you here? She's like, well, I'm here with Mildred. I mean, uh, as a chaperone. And Betsy's like, chaperone, huh? Hmm. And I was like, oh, she's so on to them. She's so, so on to them. Harold is talking to Charlotte right now, and she is so nervous. And he says, don't worry, nothing bad is going to happen. And she says, I'm sorry, but the last policeman I met wasn't a nice man. And I was like, like oh, oh, broke my heart. And he takes her hand to pull her out on the dance floor. Just then, Dolly arrives in a gorgeous dress. She sees Edmund and immediately goes over to him, grabs his hand, and pulls him out onto the dance floor. And Bucket (laughs) is losing her mind. And Dolly says, hey, you're not head nurse anymore. Live your own life. Bucket slowly walks away. And Dolly asks Edmund if he remembers the plan. And he says, when I get the nod, I take out the guard. And I was like, no. I know. She says, be fast. The car's outside. Bucket again approaches Hanover for a dance. And he's like, "Um, we already danced and my bus is worn off. So (laughs) no thanks. And she gets him out there anyway. Because they're at a dance where people dance the whole night. Not just once. Yeah, not just one. Mildred and Briggs are standing beside each other, and the camera is looking at them from the back and kind of panning up, and then they hold hands. Barely. She's her. She's just like, just, just yeah, barely just like fingertips. Oh, it's so sweet. Yeah. Mildred is wearing this really pretty light green satin dress, and Briggs is wearing this light blue satin dress, and just the silhouette of them from behind kind of touching their fingers, and, they, and they're both so pretty in their dresses and their waists all cinch. It was, it was just, very it's just so pure. Yeah. I just loved it. It was pretty. And Briggs said, we should be out there on the floor. Ratchet says, yes, maybe someday. So Huck comes up to Mildred and asks her to dance, and she says yes. And I said, Briggs just looks so defeated. Mm-hmm. Bucket is hugging all over <laughs> Hanover while they're dancing, and she's talking about a white picket fence and how they're going to sit and drink coffee together, and that's about all Dr. Hanover can take because he's like, look, I have loathed you since I got here. Nothing is going to happen between us. I am tired of women telling me what to do. And I was like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Poor man. Never speak to me again. And he's pointing in her face. If you do, I will strike you in the face. So rude. Calm down, Hanover. And Bucket, understandably, runs from the room, totally distraught. And Hanover just storms out like a big fucking baby. Yeah. And Gwendolyn's watching after her. And she's like, that poor woman. Someone should go after her. And she's looking at Mildred. And Mildred's like looking at Eddie like, fuck. The plan. The plan's about to start. I can't. I can't do this right now and Gwendolyn's like well if you're not gonna go after her I will and takes off and Mildred's like oh fucking a goddamn bucket so Gwendolyn goes running into the room where Betsy is splashing her face in the sink I think she's like kind of getting sick she's just humiliated and then Mildred runs in too I don't know she's like put the plan on hold for a second Ed I got some things to do well they make eye contact and she mouths something to him and I 
played it twice and I could not figure out what she was saying to him. I thought she said ready, but I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, Betsy's saying he said unspeakable things to me. It was all in my head. I was making it up and I knew it. And I was like, that's such a hard pill to swallow. Oh, I know. And Mildred's, Mildred's actually got some really good things to say to her. She's like, no one can rob you of your pride. Mm-hmm. Let's get you cleaned up and back in there. And she's like, I'll never be able to show my face in there again. And Mildred just breaks it down. She's like, Betsy, listen to me. (laughs) Hanover is a dope fiend and a basket case. He doesn't deserve someone like you who is strong, caring, and opinionated. You're a real woman, Betsy. Every morning, without even trying, you're tenacious, clever, and wise. You're a thousand wonderful things that walking pile of garbage will never be. And Gwendolyn goes, uh, you're stunning. (laughs) And Betsy's like, fuck, runs to the sink and then pours water all over her hair and face all over again. Because this entire time, Mildred's telling Gwendolyn, get a compact. We'll fix her up. Put her lipstick back on. You know, we'll shove her back out on the floor. She'll be fine. (laughs) So Mildred runs back to the dance and she reprimands Hanover. And Hanover's like, I am not listening to you anymore. And she's like, shut up, you pathetic little mutant. You had one task and I was very clear. You only had to do it for one night. You've destroyed that woman. He's like, I don't care. From this day forward, you will never bark another order at me. I am your superior. She gives him such a look Mm. like, "Mm, bitch, please. And she gets real close to him and says, of that, you are very, very mistaken. And I was like, oh, honey, you don't even know what he's playing with. Mm -mm. She gets up and she gives Eddie the nod. Go time. We're going to start this. He grabs the razor blade from under the serviettes. Well, he says showtime. Yeah. And he walks over and instead of doing Mildred's plan, which we all knew this was coming, he doesn't cut himself. He comes up behind Harold and slits his throat, which sprays blood all over Charlotte, who is shocked and Appalled. I mean, I don't know how you would respond to it. It's just awful. Yeah, yeah. And then Dolly reaches down and grabs Harold's gun from its holster, and the crowd goes wild. Mm -hmm. Mildred's standing there like, can no one fucking listen to me tonight? Not one of you can take direction. One job. You all had one job. Seriously. Gwendolyn comes out of nowhere and says, drop the gun. I was like, who? You're so much pointing that gun at you. Who? Why should anyone listen to you? You got nothing. Yeah, and when when does doing that ever end well in these situations? Unless you got another gun no. pointed at him. I mean, yeah, true. And Dolly's like, uh, nope, and shoots her right in the boob, like right in the boob, like had to, had to blown her nipple off, right off her nipple. I, uh. <laughs> Mildred runs to her side as Undine is on like a switch and takes over Charlotte, and she's screaming, being her Undine self. And Dolly and Eddie run off and escape. And they jump into a car, which I think is Gwendolyn's car. It's that fancy blue car, which I think is her car. So, assholes. And Eddie says, why did you do that? You didn't have to shoot her. And Dolly is driving. And she's like, she was coming right at us. I didn't have a choice. She is cackling like this is the best night ever. She is charged. This is a rush for her. And Mildred is telling Gwendolyn to stay with her as Dolly is screaming in the car, we did it, we did it, we're free. Eddie says, no, we will be paying for that someday. We spilled the blood of an innocent. And I was like, "Mm, you killed a whole bunch of priests. So, yeah. And Dolly's like, what about the guard? What'd he ever do? You know, he's an innocent too. Eddie's like, the guard was fair game. And I was like, how? 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 Where? He of all of them was the innocent of them all. And Dolly tells him, quiet down, okay? We are free. I'm like, "Mm, I hate you. I really hate you, Dolly. I was was with you. I hate you now. Uh, Yep. Yep. Now she can go to hell. So later that night, a police car pulls up behind the car they were in. It's empty. They've abandoned it. They're running through their field, just like in her fantasy. Only it's nighttime, so it's not exactly the same. But anyway. Wearing a bright red dress that's yeah. really visible for somebody's looking for you. Or pink, whatever freaking color it is. It looks red. I don't know. She said I'm gonna, I bought a pretty pink dress and then when she came to the thing, I was like, is that a red dress? I guess I'll call it a pink dress. I don't know what color it was. Anyway, the end. I didn't like that ending at all. How dare you, Ryan Murphy? How dare you kill Harold and... Destroy Charlotte again. I mean, destroy her. Yes. How was there any coming back from this? And then now Hanover's fucked in the head. So she'd had to find a real shrink who's probably just going to give her the wrong diagnosis again. And I think that's the most heartbreaking thing of it all is that they have just destroyed this woman all over again. And I hate it. I hate it so much because I I love her. I didn't like it. I know. 
Oh boy. So I have lots of questions. First being, what has Dolly gone through that put that rage in her? Remember yeah. how they were talking about that? And I want to know about that. I think it's just the... The being repressed by her mother? Being a sex addict. And I think her mother probably abused her, like, I don't know, probably beat on her to beat the beat the nymph a lot of her i don't know yeah and i want to know if dr hanover actually ever had any medical training yep. i need to know that i want to know more about like where did lenore get her money yeah is there i mean there's obviously a dead husband there's got to be and i want to know more about henry because i feel like henry has like some serial killer vibes that. I think Hanover did the world a favor with him, but maybe that's just me. Oh, and um, we have gotten, like, nothing about Huck yet. Yeah. About, I mean, we know he's a vet, and that's it. What happened to him? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we got a real good view of his uh, face and neck when he asked yes. Mildred to dance. And he's rough. He looks rough, so. Yeah, so I hope we get more of his story at some point. Anyway, that's episode five of Ratched. This episode should release on Sunday, and we've been trying really hard to get an episode out to you guys every Sunday. Uh, we may be a little late over the next couple of weeks because Tiffany has to go be famous and play at her local theater. What's the show called, Tiffany? The show is called Love, Loss, and What I Wore. Very nice, very nice. Anyway, back to Ratched back to ratchet the next episode is called got no strings but as i'm looking at the episode titles the episode after that is called the bucket list and that makes me laugh (laughs) (laughs) so we've got three more episodes and we are done cool yeah but we know people are out there oh my gosh so many of you are listening and we are so excited if you're on social media, reach out to us and let us know, like, you're, if you have questions about episodes, you want us to talk about it, or we brought up something that maybe you have an answer to, let us know. Talk to us. We're on Facebook. That's So Original Podcast. We're on Instagram. That's So Original Podcast. We are on Twitter at That's So Pod. Where else are we at? Uh, you can send us an email at That's So Original Podcast at gmail.com. And I mean, we've gotten one and I would love to see another one and another 10, 20. Double digits. Double digits email. would be amazing. Yeah. But two would be even great too. So Yeah, two would be fun. And we're also at That's So Original Podcast.com where you can listen to the episodes right there on the website or you can listen to us on any of the podcast apps that uh, that are out there basically yeah and i will say that our last email that we received brian mentioned that and which is something i noticed too is that i never thought never pronounced it as ratchet when i thought ratchet i thought it was the one ending with a t like r-a-c-h-e-t not ratchet she's pretty much mm-hmm. ratchet which is i don't like i've watched one flew over cuckoo's nest i've read the book and I don't remember it being that way. But that was a, a valid point that I forgot to mention earlier. So just weird. Things you don't know. Well, there you go. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We will see you as soon as humanly possible. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.